This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Cards Cast, a podcast from Cardinal Authority. I'm senior writer Michael McCammon, joined by Jody Demley. A lot of stuff to get through today. It's an exciting Monday. It's a busy Monday. A lot of good news coming out uh, from the from University of Louisville. We've got the football program. We had the, the the virtual kickoff luncheon. We'll get into that and some of the comments from Scott Satterfield and what he had to say. But the, the biggest news of the day: Athletic Director Vince Tyre announced uh, in an email release that uh, they're going to allow fans in. We had kind of been we've been talking about this, kind of expecting this, but it's now become a reality. Should the season get started, that they're going to have a thirty percent capacity for home games. Jody, this is this is great news. Sounds like about eighteen thousand. Uh, for for the games this year, uh, it, you know, at least moving forward, as they said, things can always be adjusted if needed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, when you when you look at it, it's a it's a matter of a getting. Um, you know, this is I, you you have you have less than three weeks right now. If nineteen days right now, everything's going to be digital this this year. But in order to get something going. They had to announce something now. I mean, you can't wait much longer uh, because you got to get tickets picked, you got to get seats picked, and you know the quite, you know, quite honestly, um, you know, I know even for Lou City, it took them a while, uh, and, and it was a, low, a lot lower number, and it took them a while to get things adjusted because of social distancing. I mean, you know, if uh, if Michael McCammon's group has, uh, uh, Michael McCammon buys eight season tickets, and Jody Demling only buys two. And they both, you know, say, yes, we're still in and we want to pick our seats. Well, then you build you build the thing out. I mean, and they've got this unbelievable computer model, uh, computer program that's done this for them. And, uh, uh, and and it's really, really cool to kind of see how it, you just pop those numbers in there and, and people, you know, you, you put people in stands or whatever. Now it's a matter of actually having the people. Uh, the season ticket holders pick their seats and, and make sure that they're in good and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to take a little time. So they had to kind of do this now, Michael. Um, there still could be changes. Uh, I'll be interested to see what the governor has to say uh, about what he uh, uh, about what he wants to do. Um, and, 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 and if there's any changes that he wants, you know, moving forward when we get a little bit closer to this. But as of right now, uh, 30 percent, 18,000. From what I understand, there will be a, an opportunity to tailgate, but it will be social distancing as well. You're not going to be able to uh, pile groups together. Parking will be a lot different than what it has been in the past. Um, you know, and, and, and again, with only 18,000, they're able to move things around and, and change things up. And Michael, I knew when I was out there uh, uh, late last week, um, I was like, OK, they're close to announcing something because not only was the ticket office not there, not only was that campus store or whatever, I don't know what they called that store, uh, was not there. But it, it was yeah. it was like demolished. It was all gone. The area was flat and they were ready to start doing some stuff. And they were paving Central Avenue, which I never thought all those <laughs> holes and bumps that we've had for years. I mean, I mean, you know, you look back. I mean, I'm sure Mario Uridia pulled out of there, uh, you know, uh, years ago from practice 
and hit that same bump that it was still there. Yeah. I'm amazed that they did it. Uh, but I knew when, when I saw a lot of things that were going on there, I was like, okay, they're definitely planning on having fans, no doubt about it. Yeah, and again, 30%, which is going to be roughly around eight, uh, 18,000. Again, it can be adjusted, you know, if need be. But, you know, and this is, I think, a good point that needs to be made here is, and I think it's fair to say that from the beginning, from March, when, when, when COVID first hit, when things started to get shut down and they sent all the athletes home and, and we, you know, and everybody was kind of quarantining all over the country. University of Louisville Athletic Department, led by Vince Tyrus, kind of been at the forefront of all this. I mean, he was quick uh, with the decisions in the athletic department as far as financially and how to how to handle, you know, staff. And not, unfortunately, there were some furloughs and, and things like that. You know, but again, those were measures that had to be taken that others eventually followed his lead. And, you know, and, and once again, you know, Louisville was again at the forefront of getting the players, student athletes back on campus. Others continued to follow Louisville's lead. And here again, on the, on the same day that Duke announces we're not going to have fans, at least for the first couple of games, UofL again kind of takes the lead and says, okay, look, we're going to do this, you know, 30% and, and kind of be the, the, the group that's out there in front of everybody, you know, taking charge. And, and again, you got to applaud Vince Tyra for his efforts and, and what he's doing. You know, but uh, again, you did have, as you mentioned, Lou City provided a great example uh, for what Louisville could do. And, and they seem to be having success with what they're doing over at the uh, third stadium and Mike, as well. Yeah. And Michael, I think it, this all goes back when I sat down, um, you know, last last prior to last football season. And I sat down with Commissioner John Swaffer, the ACC, to bring this kind of a roundabout ways of talking about it. And, and Vince was uh, Vince Tyree was in his what I guess second full season or full year I should say of being mm-hmm. the athletic director and he had the one year the one year when it was you know partial and he was the interim and then he got hired full time or whatever so second full year and John Swafford you know told me something he goes look he goes a lot of people in this league. Uh, already kind of look up to Vince Tyree because he is a businessman he has done things. Um, with companies and had to do things with companies um, that that we hope we never have to do uh, with athletics, but people look up to him and, you know, lo and behold, here we are uh, uh, just a year and a month later and people are having to do things with athletic departments that Vince had to do with companies when, you know, when he went in and uh, uh, companies were sold and bought and he was, uh, you know, getting, letting people go and cutting things and, and, and having to trim, trim the fat here and there. Um, so, so he's done this before. And I do think that the league kind of looks at him and, uh, and, and looks up to him for some things that he's done. And it, it's the business background and that business sense that he has, um, that, that really takes this thing uh, to a net, to the next level. I, I'm glad they've got the number out. They were back and forth, back and forth. And I know a lot of, uh, um, a, a, a lot of kind of, I don't want to say him hauling around and, and use that term because, because they really haven't, they were just kind of waiting to get some guidance from Frankfurt. And I, and I think that that, uh, um, you know, I know they wanted to get this out a couple weeks ago um, and, and, they, and, and they just couldn't. There was just no way they could do it without getting guidance, guidance from Frankfurt. I think it's a plan when you look at 18,000 in that in in that um, venue at Cardinal Stadium. I think it is a plan that is going to work. I do think here, here's one one project prediction that I will say. I do think some folks and if you're listening to this. And, you know, Thursday or Friday, uh, you have your season ticket call and, and you have to pick your seats and you're getting moved. 
I think people are going to realize that the Adidas level up in the in that front row of the Adidas level, or actually, I would say the top, maybe the bottom 20 rows of the top of the Adidas level are among the best seats in that in that stadium. We've said that last year, Michael, and I know a lot of times in the last, you know, the first two years of, of it, there hadn't been as many people up in there. But everybody that I've talked to that has sat in those seats is like, it's amazing. And I've gone up there um you know for practice you know when i've been out there for practice or when we went on other tours and different things like that and you can see the whole thing so it'll be interesting to see i guess my my long way around it is when when you get your season tickets and it, and they change from where they normally are because a lot of people's are going to change it's just the way that it's going to have to be um i will be very interested to see how many people uh stick to the new to the new tickets hey look at look at it as an opportunity right yeah 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 i've got a buddy who actually Moved his season ticket, longtime season ticket holder, actually moved over to that area that you're speaking of in the descend zone and absolutely raves about how awesome it is over there. So, you know, yes. it's going to be interesting to see, you know, and a couple of things. Obviously, there's going to be, you know, numerous safety measures you can expect. There are going to be temperature checks at the gates. Obviously, they're going to want to have your, your face coverings and, and the social distancing and all that. But it also should be noted, I mean, while Louisville, you know, is having this 30 percent, 18,000, approximately 18,000 people in the, in the stadium. It's still, you know, it, it's going to help financially, but it's still going to be a big ding. I mean, the no, release of what, be a big yep. million deficit, you know, because of it. So, you know, it, it's it, it's a good thing, but it's still it's 2020 is just it's it's a messed up year. Looking forward to 2021 already. Hopefully it will include a big time bowl game for the Cardinals. Well, yeah. And I think that that's go, go back to what Vince Tyree did, you know, at the beginning when they uh, implemented the salary reductions, they eliminated 53 positions, 43 uh, uh, employees were on furlough and they did their operating expenses for teams. I mean, uh, they've done a lot of different things to cut. And I think that helps with this $10 million deficit that they're going to face, not having a full, uh, you know, a full capacity or whatever, how many ever people might've shown up or how many ever people actually would have bought tickets. I think that's the thing this year is not, you know, you don't, this is a year when nobody's going to look at people showing up. People are going to look at, uh, uh, at tickets bought is, is my gut feeling. Um, Michael, there's, there's a lot of things uh, to talk about on this, but, but I think they did a good job early on and they had to make some tough decisions um but it won't impact louisville as much as it will as some other ones hey remember iowa got rid of five sports the other day including men's tennis and men's and women's swimming and diving i mean those are those are 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 sports that they've competed at at a national level uh in the past uh, a you know been very successful competing at a, at a national level very in the past and, and they've gotten kind of rid of, of those so it's uh it's very interesting uh, times in college sports and and I'm just not sure um, um, just to have fans in the in the stands is going to be a big thing it will be different what you see on the field will be a lot different there will be no one on the field Michael um, um, the, 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 from what I understand right now there's still the ACC still not totally decided on this yet but it appears that the uh, that the sideline box for the teams will be extended at least to the 20 and perhaps even down to the 15 yard line. So teams would go 15 yard line to, to 15 yard line and have that team box. So there wouldn't be as much uh, room for anybody down there anyway, but there won't be anybody. There will be literally maybe uh, two photographers, maybe three photographers at, at every game limited on there. Uh, no media, no uh, uh, before, during or after the games. Uh, allowed on on the field, no sideline reporter, 
uh, radio or TV allowed on the field. Um, you've also, you know, no recruits. They'll have no, um, there'll, there'll be no teams down there before the game. So it'll be a drastic change and, and very different. The stadium's going to open a little bit later, I think. I think it's going to, I think they used to open, did they used to open two hours before the game? Is that right? I think, and I think it's going to be an hour and a half or something, something similar to that. So it's going to be a little different than what they have. Obviously, there will be no card march. Um, you know, it's just it's it's going to be a weird year. Uh, but right now, if you're a Louisville fan, which if you're listening to this, you are, be thankful. You're actually at this moment, you're going to be able to be in and watch the game. Yeah, and Jody, personally, you know, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be, you know. And the same thing for up in the press box. I mean, you're having it's significantly reduced how many people are going to be in the press box. So, but really looking forward to to getting out there and you know and let it be a distraction for us because as we know, we all could use some distractions uh, in 2020. And you know, but obviously the Cardinals open the season with two straight home games: Western on the 12th weekend, uh, you know, September 12th, and the weekend that following that uh, get things off with their 10-game ACC slate with Miami coming to town. You know, so it, it should be an exciting year. Um, it, it's certainly going to be a lot different. Uh, we heard from Scott Satterfield today. Um, he was interviewed by Louisville great Eric Wood, the ACC network analyst for their virtual uh, kickoff luncheon. And you could tell Scott Satterfield's really excited for the team he has, um, and rightfully so. A ton of veterans coming back um, on both sides of the ball, especially on offense where you know it, it became one of the ACC's best last year. And, and you've got guys coming back, including some people who, uh, a number of them who some people consider dark horse Heisman candidates, you know, so. It uh, should be a really exciting year. Uh, Louisville's got an opportunity to do some really special things this year. The, the schedule's an, an exciting one. So like Scott Satterfield said during the, the kickoff luncheon, which you can catch out, uh, check out at CardinalAuthority.com right now, let's just put the ball on the field and play somebody. All right, let's uh, let's start where he ended today at the uh, kickoff luncheon uh, because, quite honestly, uh, it's a spot where I'm I, – I, I will say the word worried. It's a spot where I am worried uh, at this point, the only guy that they have coming back uh, right now, um, as far as uh, special teams is concerned, is um, uh, for for Louisville is uh, the long snapper. And that's Mitch Hall. Mitch Hall will be fabulous at a long snapper. I'm not worried about that at all. But you're going to have a new holder. Uh, I, I expect right now it will be Ryan Harwell, the uh, the kid who's uh, battling for the punting job. You're going to have a new kicker. You're going to have a new kickoff guy, and you're going to have a new punter. Uh, as far as punter to replace Mason King, um, I think it's a battle every day from what I understand. Logan Lupo, uh, who is a kid from down in Florida who was here last year uh, and, uh, and is uh, uh, probably a little bit ahead of of Ryan Harwell, who was the junior college All-American. Uh, I was a little surprised when uh, when I heard that, but uh, I think he might be a little bit ahead of, of Harwell right now. But but they're both getting first-team reps, and they're both battling, and it'll be interesting. And then the kickoff spot, Michael, um, I think it's a different guy every day. Brock Travelstead is the scholarship guy. Um, James Turner is the guy who is pushing him and really close to him. And Ryan Shalafo is another one in the, in the mix. So you've got three guys battling for those spots. Um, I do think Louisville would like to get, um, the kickoff guy to be the extra point and field goal guy. Um, uh, I'm not sure that that will happen. Uh, and, and it'll be interesting to see. I think, I think travel said being on scholarship has the best opportunity moving forward to win the job because 
he's got a really strong leg and, and he's a kid that, that, that they brought in. I mean, they specifically brought him in for the job. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out the last couple of weeks before a game. I anticipate this is something that on the Monday of, uh, of Western Kentucky week, Scott Satterfield either says we might, this might be something that goes back and forth, or he might say, we're not sure who's going to start yet because I, I do think it's, it's that close. And again, I think you have to worry about it a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think it's in it from listening to Satterfield today. It sounds like it, it very well could go down to a game week uh, decision. And, you know, and I, I, one of the things, he, the way they're, you, I guess, creating the competition there that he said during the kickoff luncheon, which I found interesting is, you know, he's, you know, as you pointed out, it's kind of going back and forth. One guy will seem like he's in the lead one day and it might, might be Brock the next day and then James the next day. And, and, it sounds like when they show up to practice, they're kind of messing around with the depth chart every day, not only to, because guys are performing better than another, you know, maybe the previous day, but they're also wanting to see how, like, say, if Brock came out on Monday and it was just absolutely golden uh, kicking field goals well, on Tuesday, they might come out and have him third on the depth chart just to see how he reacts and, and how he'll kick seeing, oh, why, why did I get pushed down the depth chart? So they're, you know, they're trying to, you know, not only prepare them you know, physically on the field, but seeing what they're made of mentally as well, because as you know, that's a big part of kicking field goals. Well, and Michael, again, um, I think punter is where I might be worried more than I even am a kicker. I think Rock Travelstead is going to end up being fine. Um, And I think the other two guys proved last year, hey, the other two guys proved last year that they could do the job. Um, The problem is on the, in the punting, you don't have a, you don't have a guy that is, I mean, I, I honestly I wonder right now how many of you listening when I said Logan Lupo went who <laughs> because he was on the roster last year. I'll have to admit I, I, I didn't I didn't I wasn't sure I wasn't sure who it was. Uh, uh, I had to look it up um, because he's a guy that you just you know, you don't don't talk about a whole lot um, as the, the backup punter when you got a senior guy who, you know, is going to be out there all year. So at least at kicker, they've done it. I, I just, I, like I said, it's, we have a lot, we have a lot to talk about a lot to get to, but man, oh man, this is, um, um, it's, it's, it's one of those not things. Gonna, not going to punt anyways. So well, see, that's the whole thing. Just don't punt, right? <laughs> just don't punt. I mean, like, you know, Des Fitzpatrick, you know, Eric Wood asked him, what do you expect of the offense? This year, he called it lightning, a bo- lightning in a bottle and expects them to be better than they were last year. So, you know, whoever the punter is, you know, they're going to be walking up and down. You know, probably not walking because they have to social distance on the sideline, but they're going to be spending a lot of time on that sideline. Pro- kind of thankful that they're not playing much. Yeah, I hope so. That'd be, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, defensively, Michael, and everybody mentions the continuity and everybody mentions the, 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 um, you know, the staff and, and having the guys back and having a, another, um, having another uh, defensive coordinator, the same defensive coordinator uh, that, that, that they have, you know, for the second year in a row, that's big for the guys. Um, but big for the staff too, is the continuity. And the staff has kind of been together. Uh, Derek Nicholson is the only guy on the staff that is new from last year. You know, when you, when you look at the, uh, and I'm uh, uh, going to post something on Wednesday about the staff and I'll, we'll, we'll break down the, the GAs and the QCs. But when you look at the, GAs and the quality control guys. I mean, the heck, the quality control guys um, the, are, are all the same guys that were back from last year. There's a couple new GAs. Uh, I think it's two two new GAs this year um, and, and one new uh, assistant coach. But man, oh man, that that's a big deal when when you talk about 
you know, how a staff is, is comp- put together and, and to keep them for a second year. Yeah. You know, and, Brett, and my mind's escaping me right now, but I mean, that's certainly, I mean, that's been one of the biggest problems that Louisville's had in recent years is just, there has not been any continuity, especially on that defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, where you've had turnover after turnover after turnover and, and it wears on you, you know, and instead of coming out on the first day of fall camp and, or spring ball and, having to open the, the playbook and, and kind of being taught, be here, go here, because it's all new to them and learning terminology. Now, they're, you know, it's just kind of a, a review. And then they can get right into the, the nitty gritty and, and learn even more and add more wrinkles to it. So should play a huge, huge, I think, advantage for the Cardinals, you know, going forward. And the defense, certainly, you know, a lot of veterans coming back. So you expect them to take a step up, you know, and we're hearing good things about a lot of the newcomers coming in as well. So that, that, which means great competition um, and should, you know, I'll say this. I would not expect the defense to be a top 25 defense this year. I don't, and I think Brian Brown, I'll tell you, you know, don't expect greatness this year, but do expect a step up. And as he has said, you know, since they got here, this is pretty much a two or three year project, you know, as far as building depth and getting the, you know, talent up and down the depth chart like they need. Maybe if there's only 25 teams playing, Michael, they could be. I mean, I, I just I say, you know, you never you never know about it because you got to forget about how weird 20 is. Yeah, exactly. You got to watch what you say with those numbers now, you know. So. Um, all right. So defensively, uh, a couple guys we've heard Jared Goldwire. We, we I mean, we've heard Jared Goldwire's name since the spring. We know uh, we've had several stories on Jared and on his potential and all that. We know he's going to be fantastic this season. Um, I, I do think. Uh, the guys in the middle, uh, Avery and Etheridge, are going to be fine. But the fact is, um, oh, I mentioned K.J. Cloyd on the board. And here, here's the deal. Robert Hicks and Dorian Jones have have improved and are playing better. But before K.J. Cloyd arrived on campus, Dorian, jo- Dorian Etheridge and C.J. Avery were the the will the middle and the will the inside and the in the in the middle linebacker okay whatever they call them um, Monty Montgomery basically would have been the backup for both you've got Hicks and you've got Jones in, in there but but they would and, and you have Alan Smith in there as well but Monty would have been the backup for both of those positions okay if it, now he wouldn't have been listed that way but if something would have happened to Dorian in a game. Monty was going in. If something was going to happen to um, uh, CJ, Monty was going in. Monty would have been that guy. Okay, now that ge- this gives K- KJ Cloyd's uh, uh, arrival and emergence gives them a guy that they can work on and put him in there. Uh, and man, the kid can flat out get after it. And uh, watching the clips and and just seeing how he, just looking at pictures of his body. Um, I mean, he is a big time player uh, and I'm, I'm super excited, you know, for him. And I think it helps everybody else. It doesn't it doesn't put Monty in in all kinds of positions. He can get his reps and, and, and play well when he's out there and all that kind of stuff. He'll be in on third downs and um, he'll be in on different packages that they have. And I think Cloyd will be, too. Yeah. You know, and you know, Cloyd's a perfect example. I think one of the things that staff did a great job of is looking for guys like that that can be immediate impact in 2020. Cloyd, certainly one of them. Trey Clark, another one. You got Camden George, another one on the offensive line. You know, so there's there's some guys that are, that are coming in with some experience, such as, as Cloyd, that can be impact players from day one. And from what we're gathering from the feedback 
you know, from fall camp, that's exactly what's taking place. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. Another guy that I wanted to mention that I've heard, we've, we've talked about it. It's been talked about, but what I, uh, uh, we really haven't gotten into him a whole lot on here because there's been so many other freshmen, but uh, Zay Peterson, uh, he's a kid who was a safety. Uh, he transferred to IMG for his last year. And, um, you know, he, he didn't he didn't play the snaps that he probably wanted to down there because they had so many guys and they rotate them. It's not like he, he was at a normal high school where he played every single snap uh, of every single play. That's just not how it works at a place like IMG. Um, but I know um, that they were super excited about his uh, potential and, uh, and and to see when they got him on campus. And uh, and he was here for for the spring early part of the spring ball that they they participated in. And he is a kid now um, that if if something happens to Rajay Burns, he's the guy. Um, I think Marvin Dallas is um, is right there with him. But I think I think Peterson has really, really played uh, at a high, high level. And I, I expect a lot from him this year. Um, he, you know, we don't have to talk about red shirts really anymore. Uh, but if we, if there was a red shirt process and then there wasn't this whole free year, he's a guy that I don't think will red shirt. He's a guy that I think will play a lot. Yeah. And, and, and we could go into definitely, we're going to have some podcasts coming up where we break down a lot of these positions, uh, you know, and, but the, you bring up a great point about the, the red shirt and that's probably a discussion we should have, you know, as, when we step forward and get into these, uh, more positional podcasts to preview the season, but. But, you know, what a kind of really what a gift to these coaches, to the coaching staff, you know, not just Louisville, but across the country. We've heard great things. Obviously, got a story up right now, Cardinal Authority uh, on the homepage for, you know, Josh Meekins and, and Levy Jenkins, two freshman safeties that have been impressing. You know, now they get an opportunity to get, you know, a little bit more experience this year than they probably would have. You know, and, and same goes on both sides of the ball. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, it's going to be exciting to, to see how they plug and fill and, and rotate uh, with the, the opportunity to have that free year. And as well as guys that, you know, we'll get into that as well, guys that could potentially uh, decide to come back for an additional year as well. No doubt about it. And, uh, and, and it's also, Michael, um, it's an opportunity, um, you know, when, when it's an opportunity to, for some guys to come back. If you haven't checked out our, uh, I had fun doing that. I went through the roster and kind of went through and said, who, who do I think could come back or who would benefit from a year, another year uh, at Louisville. And, you know, a guy like CJ Avery, I don't know that he want, would want to. Uh, I'm sure the staff would want him to, but in a, in a spot, in a, in a, at, a, at the linebacker position, they're still not as deep as they want to be. Um, in, 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 um, they won't be probably even with, a, with the 2021 class. They're getting closer and closer. But if you could get a guy like that, I'm, you know, any of those guys to come back in those positions for another year, it really helps your depth and it helps you, uh, your program. Uh, moving forward. So we'll get into that. We will have Michael uh, late, late starting, uh, starting. Uh, uh, we're going to try to start it tomorrow. So uh, to have one the rest of the week, as far as um, breaking down the positions um, and, and, and do a podcast on the, the running back and quarterbacks, and then do one on wide receivers and tight ends, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker and secondary. And then we'll do one on special teams, which it might just be you and I worrying, although we might not need it. Like you pointed out, might, if you don't have, if you don't have a, if you don't need to punt, if you don't punt, then you don't really have to worry as much about special teams, you know, just make your extra, make your extra point and cover. Right. Well, we can make, we can get excited about the, the return options, you know, obviously Hassan Hall, you know, he's a great return guy and number three in the country last year. So a lot to get excited about in the return game as well. But Hey, uh, do want to jump in the top 25 before we get off of here? Um, it came out today. AP preseason top 25 came out today. 
kind of quirky because there's uh, what like nine teams in the nine. in the top 25 yep. that, that aren't going to be playing this year. Um, Louisville in the preseason on the outside, they're in the others receiving vote. I think they got 32 votes. Um, but what's interesting, if you wipe away those nine teams that aren't going to be playing, Louisville would climb up to number 20 in the AP preseason poll. Currently have a pretty cool story on at Cardinal30.com right now. Uh, it's a list of a small group of teams that will likely jump into the AP top 25 uh, with a win in week one as well in Louisville amongst that list. But uh, certainly the, the ACC represented quite well uh, when you when you include the other teams receiving votes and, and what would look like if the nine weren't in there. So a good starting spot for Louisville this year. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And, uh, you know, that's the thing with with the way this quirky year is going to be. Um, you set some goals and you stick to those goals. Louisville's always um you know, we, one of the goals is always to be ranked, uh, you know, in the top 25 or ranked as high as you possibly can. And I don't think that that changes no matter uh, what's ha- what's happening. Louisville um, is one of the teams playing, so they'll continue to try to go after their goals and uh, and see if they can get it. All right. Uh, we got to wrap up. We do want to say good luck to Donovan Mitchell and, uh, and the Jazz. I know you're a big Jazz guy, oh, yeah. uh, but Donovan's been phenomenal the last uh, couple of games and in this series. Uh, some rarefied air for uh, for him and where he's at uh uh, with with the the two fifty point games and the I, it's the more the more I see from him the more I just get impressed and impressed I mean he legit um, and I and I know we've we've always been biased and, and you know you think things but I mean he legit is one of the best players in the world right now uh, uh, one of the best basketball players on the planet and and other people are saying that and it's kind of cool to see uh, how Donovan has uh, has taken off. Uh, uh, you know, and, and continues to his his stature continues to grow with people nationally, Michael. Yeah, they'll uh, try to wrap up the series against the Nuggets uh, tomorrow. I think it's at uh, 630. 630. Uh, you can check yeah. that at Cardinal30.com as well. Got a story there. You know, but after the game last night, you know, during the their, the postgame NBA, Kenny, uh, Kenny Smith said, you know, he, he was talking about Donovan Mitchell. He said we basically referred to him as the MVP candidate. And that's what he is. I mean, when you're putting your name in the same category, on multiple different types of accomplishment lists with Michael Jordan, you're doing good things. But you got to love, as we know, the guy, people who have covered Donovan Mitchell when he was here at Louisville, he's always a humble guy. That's what he continues to be. And his response basically after the game was, you know, it's nice to be mentioned there, but this is the first round. We've got a lot of work to do. And, you know, if if he keeps that mindset, he's going to continue to accomplish great things. No doubt about it. It's fun to watch. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We've got... uh, Plenty more the rest of the week and uh, all kinds of stuff up at the uh, on the website right now. Keep clicking CardinalAuthority.com for Michael McCammon. I'm Jody Demling. We'll see you next week and later this week on some special editions, but next week for a full edition of the Cardscast. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.